This is the Grind It Podcast. We know just like grinding a handrail or across the coping can be challenging at times, so can life be. We share God's Word and personal stories to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. Uh, we're going to continue and finish up uh, Mark chapter 3, if I can find the spot where I want to start. Um, why don't you start us off in prayer, since we love to hear you pray so much. <laughs> Are you sure they're not tired of it yet? No. Okay. Nobody gets tired of hearing you pray. Okay. Lord, thank you. Thank you for today. Thank you for um, giving us wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Our desire is to know you deeper and more intimately so that we can walk with you, so that we can have the mind of Christ, so that you lead us and guide us into all truth, Holy Spirit. So we ask as we open this word this evening, God, let it, um, let it illuminate our minds. Yeah, shed, shed light into all the dark places. We ask for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Stormy wanted in on that prayer. Meryl. <laughs> um, in the last podcast, we ended with um, Jesus saying that all sin would be forgiven, all blasphemy would be forgiven, but blaspheming the Holy Spirit would not be forgiven. And in that context, the, um, the religious leaders were telling Jesus that he was uh, possessed by Satan. Mm-hmm. Or I think the NIV said Beelzebub. Beelzebul. Prince mm-hmm. of demons. And then he was casting out demons by the power of Beelzebub. And Jesus said, this is ridiculous. That Satan would never cast out his own demons. That's the vision. Mm-hmm. In the last podcast, we, uh, we started Mark chapter 3. <laughs> and towards the end of the chapter, Jesus is being accused by the religious leaders of being possessed by Satan. Or Beelzebub, the NIV says. And that's some pretty bold claims because we saw that his own family, his brothers, he had four brothers and at least two sisters because it said sisters, mm-hmm. plural. And they think that he's insane. They, they make the accusation that, that Jesus, their half-brother, is insane. And so he doesn't have a whole lot of support. And uh, uh, he's refuted by the religious leader. Um, and they're saying that he, he is um, casting out demons by the... the power of Satan or Beelzebub and Jesus tells them this is ridiculous that Satan would never cast out his own demons because that's the vision right and so he he starts answering their accusations with questions and he says all sin and blasphemy will be forgiven but the one sin that will not be forgiven is the sin of blaspheming the Holy Spirit and we ended the last podcast by saying that if, if blaspheming the Holy Spirit would not be forgiven, then we need to know what that is. Mm-hmm. That's pretty important. Because we want everybody to have their sins forgiven. We want everybody going to heaven. Obviously, not everybody's going to heaven. And we'll talk more about that in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But we need to know what blaspheming the Holy Spirit is. But before we get into that, who's the Holy Spirit? Ruach HaKodesh. What? Ruach is Hebrew for breath, spirit, like pneuma, right? I think it's the Greek, right? The spirit. 
Chodesh, Kadosh is holy, right? So he's holy. the breath or the spirit that is holy. Your King James Version is Holy Ghost. <laughs> right. That sounds more Pentecostal, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Holy Ghost. I think it's the third person of the Trinity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people think about the Holy Spirit not coming around to the, to the New Testament. But he's actually in the very beginning. Right. As the Spirit brooded over the waters. Yeah, hovered. Yeah. Um, in Genesis 1, when you see the word God, God created, right? Mm-hmm. The heavens and the earth. And he, he created all this stuff. And... Um, and it does say that, that the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. I think it's verse 2 or 3, somewhere in there. But the word the word for God is Elohim. And it's plural. And in verse 26 of Genesis chapter 1, it says, Let us make man in our image. Mm-hmm. That, that's plural. So there's at least two people there for it to be plural, right? Mm-hmm. So you have the Father there. Paul says in Colossians 1 that nothing was made without Jesus being there. So we know Jesus was there. And then, and, As the word, yeah, mm-hmm. and so the Holy Spirit was there because it's mentioned, mm-hmm. and so all three are there: the Father, the Son, or He wasn't the Son yet; He was Jesus. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit were there in in creation, right? So the Holy Spirit was there all the way back in Genesis one. So He He didn't just come along like Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit in John fourteen with His disciples, and He says, "Me and the Father." we will be in you, right? Mm-hmm. And he's talking about Acts chapter 2 when he's gone back to the Father and he's sitting at the Father's right hand and he says, that's when I will send down the Spirit, the Helper. Your Another comforter of the yeah. same substance as yes. me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we see that they're filled with the Holy Spirit, you know, when the wind comes and, and the tongues of fire, you know, land upon them and they start speaking in tongues. We see that in Acts chapter 2. So a lot of people associate the Holy Spirit with that event. And then all throughout the New Testament. But we've already established that the Holy Spirit's been around since Genesis chapter 1, right? But how how well do these people, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the, uh, the, the teachers of, the, of, of the, the law, these religious leaders, how well do they know the Holy Spirit? I'm going to venture to guess not well. You don't, you don't really hear a whole lot from them. Well, I mean, how many years of silence Over between the Old Testament and the New Testament? Over 400. So, obviously the Holy Spirit existed. Mm-hmm. But what we understand is no inspired word of the Lord for 400 years. Mm-hmm. All they had was a form of religion but didn't know the power. Yeah. That's a good point. Right? So, it, it's not let, like Holy Spirit ceased to exist. But during that time, he wasn't... We don't have any record of him moving in and through people. Right? I mean, because later in the New Testament, it says that men wrote as they were inspired by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Right, even even back as far as the the Pentateuch and the the first five books, right? Um, or Job, men wrote as they were inspired by the Spirit and compelled. Um, 
but we have 400 years of silence. And one the John, you know, when and John's paving the way for Jesus, right? The Messiah. And what did he say about about Jesus? He will baptize you with the Spirit and yeah, with fire. The Spirit and with fire. Um, you mentioned something about these guys. They they had the Pentateuch. They had the first five books. Mm-hmm. They had the Psalms. The they Torah, had, right? Yeah, and they had the prophets. So they had a lot of scripture. Mm-hmm. When when I first started, when I got out of Bible college, and um, I, I, my, the very first church I was at, uh, my song leader, it was a non-instrumental church, Christ church. This was my first church, and uh, my song leader made this argument one day and uh, talking about who is the Holy Spirit, right? My song leader, he says that. I'll take your if you got this you ain't got this on a search spot do you so he said this is the Holy Spirit <coughs> the Bible the Word of God and the Holy Spirit does not work outside the Bible and that's why a lot of people believe and so I took my Bible I was teaching class at <laughs> Sunday school class which I got in trouble for calling it Sunday school by the way it's Bible class Sunday school sounds denominational that's what I Lord talking. help us. And so I, I took my Bible, which was a lot bigger than this little thing you have here. I don't even see how you see this. I just see lines. I don't see words. And so I said, so you're telling me this is the Holy Spirit? And he said, that's right. And I said, you're, you're saying the, the Holy Spirit doesn't work outside this book? And he said, that's right. So I shut my my Bible and I walked away. I left it on the on the stand. I said, so I just shut God out of my life. I just shut the Holy Spirit out of my life, and I walked away from him, right? And he wouldn't say anything. I said, because of what you just told me, that's exactly what I just did. I just I just shut the Holy Spirit out of my life. Because I could have swore that Jesus said the Holy Spirit lives within us. Mm-hmm. But according to his argument, the Holy Spirit doesn't work outside the Word of God. So I just shut the Holy Spirit out. That's why I said, who is the Holy Spirit? Well, John, Jesus tells us in John 14, where he tells the disciples who the Holy Spirit is. It's, it's Jesus himself. It's the Father living inside of us in, in, in the form of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of truth. But then Jesus tries to explain the Holy Spirit. And he says, do you see the wind? You can't see the where wind. It's, where it's going, where it's coming from. But you can't see it. You can feel it. Now, when I played sports, you know, we'd, we'd throw grass up in the air to see which way the wind's blowing. When we're hunting, we'd lick our fingers, stick our fingers in the air, <laughs> see if we could feel which way the wind was blowing. <laughs> you can't see the wind. Mm-hmm. You can't see the Spirit. You can mm-hmm. see the effects of the Spirit. Right. You can't see the Spirit. Mm-hmm. What does Jesus say? Those who worship Him must worship Him in Spirit and spirit. in truth. And in truth. Peter tells us in Acts chapter 2, when they ask the question, men and brethren, what should we do uh, to be saved? And Peter says, repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Father, uh, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. This promise is unto you, dear children, all that are afar off. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? We're we're 2023. We're those that are far off. Mm -hmm. We're way far off. 
And, and so when we give our lives to Jesus, when we're washed in the blood of Jesus, we're filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. It's the same Holy Spirit they had mm-hmm. in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost mm-hmm. and from that time on. We just can't see him. I remember, uh, I just remember this. We used to invite children up to front at this church. I wasn't preaching at the time. As a matter of fact, it's where I went to Bible college. And, uh, and I asked this question. I said, how do we know people have the Holy Spirit? How do we know that people have Jesus? And I took this kid. <laughs> and I turned him upside down. And I was holding him by his ankles and shaking him. I said, he's not, he's not coming out of you. He's not falling out of your pockets. So how do we know that, you know, how do we know we have Jesus living inside of us? How do we know we have the Holy Spirit? But then, you know, the, that course the answer to that is we see the fruit. Mm-hmm. The fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. What, Galatians 5, 22 mm-hmm. and 23? So, the Holy Spirit's been around for a long, long time. He's been around since Genesis chapter 1. And we can go through the Old Testament and we can see how the Holy Spirit was working inside people like judges, the mm-hmm. judges. Mm-hmm. In particular, Samson, you know, God, the Spirit of God would come upon Samson. And, you know, of course, a lot of people look at it through his hair. Mm-hmm. But it was the Spirit of God working through him. Um, he he had mighty warriors through the Old Testament that he would use. Um, like, uh, this is a bad example, but Gideon, mm-hmm. you know, who was scared for his life. He's threshing wheat in the wine press. Right. And the angel calls him a mighty man of valor. And he's like, who, me? Uh, but God used him powerfully, right? Uh, then prophets. Uh, the Spirit would come upon prophets. And they would prophesy. You, Joshua, Numbers 27, 18. Othniel, Judges uh, 3.10. Gideon, Judges 6.34. Samson, Judges 13.25 and 14, verse 6. Mm-hmm. And Saul. I was going to say, even Saul, because he was... With the band of prophets, and he starts mm-hmm. prophesying right along with them. Yep, First Samuel 10, mm-hmm. 9 and 10. But in First Samuel 16, verse 14, the Spirit departed Saul mm-hmm. because of his disobedience, which is interesting. King David, who the Jews had much respect for, right? Uh, King David declared that the Spirit of the Lord spoke by me, and his word was on my tongue. Second Samuel 23, 2. He says, the Spirit of the Lord spoke by me. So the Spirit of the Lord used him. Uh, Ezekiel, in Ezekiel chapter 2, verse 2, reported that the Spirit entered me when he spoke to me. So the Holy Spirit's been around for a long time. Right. Isaiah, Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me to preach the good news, right? Yeah, which was a prophecy about Jesus. Right, and then Jesus quotes that very scripture. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in the synagogue right there mm-hmm. in front of his hometown, people. And they're, they're like, Psh, who does he think he is? <laughs> so, like you said, there's, there's been 400 years of silence. These religious leaders have the first, they would have Genesis. They would know that the Spirit moved upon the face of waters. So they had the first five books of the Bible, or the Old Testament. They had the prophets. They had the Psalms. So they would know what David said. They would know about these judges and how the Spirit used these people all throughout the Old Testament. But they don't seem to know a whole lot about the Holy Spirit. They, mm-hmm. don't, they don't get it. 
they're so solely focused on their own power. If you think about it, mm-hmm. because they they know the they know which what scriptures they have. They know it like the back of their hand. Mm-hmm. They they've studied it. They've broken it down. They've interpreted it, and then they've taken their interpretation and made it binding as much as the law itself, if not so, more. It sounds like a lot of denominations. Yeah. In in our day, there are a lot of, you know, churches. I think we alluded to the scripture before, you know, to have a form of godliness but deny his power. That they they know his word. They know it backwards and forwards. Yeah. And can argue with you all day long about this is what the word says and this is what the word doesn't say. This this word is never mentioned in the scripture. So how can you possibly yet when when you introduce Holy Spirit, it's like it does not compute, does not compute. Yeah. Yeah. And um I had a thought and I just lost it. I don't know what's wrong with my mind tonight. I can't remember nothing. Oh well. I'll figure it out. Maybe I remember. They're saying that he has an impure spirit. Whoever blasphemes against Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. They are guilty of an eternal sin. Yeah. It's winning at this. Trying to decide, okay, what is the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit? But before that, who is Holy Spirit? Yeah. And these religious leaders, they, they, like you said, they, they know the word. But it's like um, they're relying on their own power to keep the law. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Oh, yeah, I remember I, what it was, what I was going to say. Go. Yeah. It, Jesus said, if you break, was it, who said this? You break one, you break one law, you've broken all the law. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. But the, these Pharisees and these religious leaders, you couldn't even convince them that they had sin, mm-hmm. which was the whole problem. Jesus is saying, look, without me, you're not getting in. You're not getting in the kingdom. You think mm-hmm. you're okay because you're, you're under Abraham's covenant. But that stuff's old news. The new way's coming, and you're rejecting the new way. But they're, re, they're relying, instead of the Holy Spirit, they're relying upon themselves. And Jesus is not going to work. So danger, danger. Um I was teaching a worship workshop at one point, and I was watching this video. We're talking about Tabernacle of David, and the pastor was um, preaching on this. Said, "What is begun in the flesh has to be sustained in the flesh, mm. but what is begun by the Spirit of God will be sustained by the Spirit of God." I'll go with that. Option. And and so you know, woe to us who try to begin something in our flesh because guess what's gonna have to uphold that yeah and we all get tired we get weary but if holy spirit is breathing on something if he starts it there there's no there's little to no effort involved on our part because he's the one that's going to sustain it yeah you know and whether that's revivals that begin on the earth um whether that's moves of god you know, throughout history, um, whether that's Tabernacle of David that was provoked by the Spirit. Yeah. You know? And the people that he uses, you're like, makes no sense. Mm. Like Gideon. And he can use anybody. Amen. And when we try to do stuff in the flesh, you know, what happens, like you said, we get tired, but it fizzles out mm-hmm. over time. But if it's of God, it just goes and goes and goes. Mm-hmm. And it's much more powerful. 
So I, just in my opinion, I, I don't think these religious leaders had a, a very much of a clue as to what Jesus meant when he said that the only sin that wouldn't be forgiven is blaspheming the Holy Spirit. I think they're scratching their heads like, dude, what are you talking about? Um, before we even go there, we, we have to remember that these religious leaders didn't even think that they had sin in their lives. And uh, they thought they were perfect, really. Plank eye, plank eye. Yeah. We are releasing the sound Cause the lost generation to be found all you Grinded Podcast listeners, I know you enjoy some good music, but I want to tell you about some awesome music. Now, my friend, Mary Gamboa, she's also the worship leader at the church where I worship, called Authentic Church here in Alcoa, Tennessee. We'd love to invite you to come out and check us out sometime when you get a chance. We start at 10 a.m., and we're on Lindsay Street here in Alcoa. Mary has produced a new album called Jealous, and you can check that out anywhere music is being streamed. But you can also check it out at marygamboamusic.com. That's Mary G-A-M-B-O-A music.com. Go check that out. Right. Yeah. All right, so let's dig into the question. What is blasphemy of the Holy Spirit? What is the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit? And there's a, in my opinion, there's a real simple answer. But before we get the real sample answer, I'd like to share what um, gotquestions.org says about okay. it. They're usually pretty spot on. It says, the term blasphemy may be gen- generally defined as a defiant irreverence. The term can be applied to such sins as cursing God or willfully degrading things relating to God. I remember um, when I first started going to Assembly of God, I played drums. <laughs> And I would say, you know, I used to watch these TV preachers, and uh, I would say something about them, and my mom was, or I'd say something about a preacher or some or whatever. My mom was like, "You don't, you don't need to be talking about the preacher. That's the man of God. That's the man of God. You talk, you know, like, get in trouble. Do for not that. touch the Lord's it, anointed. Yeah, do not touch the Lord's anointed. You know, and I thought I was, I, you know, I thought I was like, oh my, I, I'm blaspheming the Holy Spirit. I don't mean to talk about inside. Before I knew better. That's what I think about when I read this. The term can be applied to such sins as cursing God or willfully degrading things relating to God. Blasphemy is also attributing some evil to God or denying him some good that we should attribute to him. This particular case of blasphemy, however, is called blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. And he's used in Matthew 12, 31, but we're using Mark 3. Um, the Pharisees, having witnessed irrefutable proof that Jesus was working miracles in the power of the Holy Spirit, claimed instead that the Lord was possessed by a demon. Notice in Mark 3.30, which is the one that we're using, Jesus is very specific about what the Pharisees did to commit blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. He said this because they were saying he has an impure spirit or an evil spirit. Mm-hmm. Blasphemy against the Holy Spirit has to do with accusing Jesus Christ of being demon-possessed instead of spirit-filled. This is uh, gotquestions.org. This particular type of blasphemy cannot be duplicated today. I don't know if I agree with that or not. He says a couple of questionable things in here. This is one of them, in my opinion. 
This particular type of blasphemy cannot be duplicated today. The Pharisees were a unique moment in history. They had the law and the prophets, which we said a while ago. Mm -hmm. They had the Holy Spirit stirring their hearts. They had the Son of God himself standing right in front of them. And they saw with their own eyes the miracles that he did. Never before in the history of the world and never since had so much divine light been granted to men. If anyone should have recognized Jesus for who he was, it was the Pharisees. Now, I agree with that. Mm -hmm. Because like we said a while ago, they knew the word. I mean, they, and they had all these prophecies about the Messiah, and they knew him. And they, he's standing right there. They could reach out and touch him. Mm -hmm. You know, They could have a conversation with him. They could eat meals with him. And uh, they didn't get it. Um, he says, so yet they chose defiance. They purposely attributed the work of the Spirit to the devil, even though they knew the truth and had the proof. People still do that today. That's why I disagree with what he says. Mm -hmm. Because I hear people all the time talking about Pentecostal people, that they're from Satan, and that speaking in tongues is of the devil. And they're, So they're attributing that stuff to the devil. Mm -hmm. So that, that's why I say I disagree with that one point that he made. They purposely attributed the work of the Spirit to the devil, even though they knew the truth and had the proof. Jesus declared their willful blindness to be unpardonable. Their blasphemy against the Holy Spirit was their final rejection of God's grace. They had set their course, and God was going to let them sail into perdition unhindered. Jesus told the crowd that the Pharisees' blasphemy against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or in the age to come. And this is another way of saying that their sin will never be forgiven. Ever. Mm -hmm. Not now, not in eternity. As Mark 3.29 puts it, they are guilty of an eternal sin. Mm -hmm. The immediate result of the Pharisees' public rejection of Christ and God's rejection of them is seen in the next chapter. And see, that's interesting because these people thought they were serving God. They really and truly thought in their heart of hearts that they were serving God. Mm -hmm. Just like Paul said, man, he said, I was full of zeal. Mm -hmm. And he was a Pharisee. He said, I was zealous. I, I was full of zeal for God. And he was going around ripping people from their homes, right. and putting them in prison, and many of them were dying. And he thought he was doing God a favor. Right. He thought he was justified. In doing that, and these people think the same thing. These religious leaders, they think they're they're doing God a favor by trying to get rid of God Himself. <laughs> it's crazy how blind they were. Uh, the immediate result of the Pharisees' public rejection of Christ and God's rejection of them is seen in the next chapter. Jesus, for the first time, told them many things in parables. Right, the disciples were puzzled at Jesus' change of teaching method, and Jesus explained his use of parables. Because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. And though seeing, they do not see. And though hearing, they do not hear or understand. Matthew 13, 11, 13. Otherwise, they would turn. Yeah. Jesus began to veil the truth with parables and metaphors as a direct result of the Jewish leader's official denunciation of him. Again, the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit cannot be repeated today. That's, this is GotQuestions.org's opinion. Again, the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit cannot be repeated today, although some people try. Jesus Christ is not on earth. He is seated at the right hand of God. No one can personally witness Jesus performing a miracle and then attribute that to the power of Satan instead of the Spirit. Now, I disagree with that. 
because miracles still happen. And people can easily mm-hmm. attribute those miracles to to the devil if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. You know, going back to what I was saying earlier. So, he made some good points. I disagree with a couple of things he says. But what he says here at the end, and you may want to add something to this, because um, you were talking about something you was looking at and focusing on family earlier in Shelby. But if you got anything you want to add on your own, okay. feel free to. But uh, here's what gotquestions.org uh, ends about their little, um, what they're saying about the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is. Because I think what they say next is spot on. The unpardonable sin today is the state of continued unbelief. Mm-hmm. The Spirit currently convicts the unsaved world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. John 16, verse 8. That's what Jesus says the Holy Spirit is going to do. To resist the conviction and willfully remain unrepentant is to blaspheme the Spirit. Mm-hmm. There is no pardon either in this age or the age to come, for a person who rejects the Spirit's promptings to trust in Jesus Christ and then dies in unbelief. So in other words, God commands all men, all women everywhere to repent, right? right. Jesus has made the sacrifice, the once and for all sacrifice. His blood washes away our sins. He throws out the invitation. We talked about that in the podcast two or two ago. And whosoever will, let him come. Let him drink of the water of life freely, you know, so on and so forth. And so Jesus throws out this invitation. God throws out the invitation. It's given to everybody. We have a choice to either accept that invitation or reject that invitation. Mm -hmm. And if we reject the invitation, we don't accept the sacrifice that Jesus made for us, then his blood's not washed away our sins. So therefore, our sins are not forgiven. Mm -hmm. And if we die, we we take our last breath. Yeah, we Mm -hmm. die in our sin. Separated from him. And there's there's no second chances after that. We enter into eternity without the blood of Christ, which is danger, danger, Will Robertson. All right. So that's that's what he's saying to blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is. There is no pardon either in this age or the age to come for a person who rejects the Spirit's promptings to trust in Jesus Christ and then dies in unbelief. The love of God is evident. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life, John three sixteen. And the choice is clear. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on him. John three thirty six. Mm. So, just to put it really blunt and, and clear, the only way the the only way that one cannot have their sins forgiven is to completely reject Jesus right. and the sacrifice that He made on the cross when He came out of that tomb on the third day and said, "No." I don't have anything to do with that. Mm-hmm. I'm good. Then our sins are not washed away. Right. That's essentially what this says. This is this is from FocusOnTheFamily.com. What is blasphemy of the Holy Spirit? Uh, the sin of blaspheming the Holy Spirit is essentially the sin of rejecting Christ. By continually rejecting God's free gift of salvation in Jesus, a sinner sears his conscience ignores the voice of the Holy Spirit and stiffens his neck. Eventually, he gets to the place where genuine repentance is no longer possible. This stubborn and unrepentant attitude, persistent self-hardening, is the chief mark of true blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. So in this, you know, 
basically someone was asking a question. Hey, I've heard people talking at church about blaspheming the Holy Spirit, and I'm kind of wondering if maybe I've done that, and I'm really worried about it. And their their argument here is that if you're concerned about blaspheming the Holy Spirit, yeah, then you've not done it. Yeah, I've heard that before. Because you haven't hardened yourself to the point of, uh, or seared your conscience enough to be like totally, I don't need that. I don't need that and I don't care if I did. Yeah. Because that is, is really more what the blasphemy is of Holy Spirit is. Yeah. I, just, I had a thought in uh, the last chapter, I think it was the last chapter when uh, the man was lowered down through the roof mm. and the religious leaders that were there, do you remember, they just thought in their minds because they heard Jesus say, you know, your sins are forgiven. Right. Who can forgive sins except God himself? This is blasphemous. Right. And they, they say that throughout the Gospels, right? Yeah. yeah. Because he is using verbiage that says, I am equal to God. I am God. And in their eyes, that was blasphemy. Yeah. Right? John eight fifty eight. What does it say? Um, before Abraham was, I, I am. am. And we, we read that and we don't understand the context. But he's saying, before Abraham was, basically, Yahweh. Yeah. I am who I am. Which is what he told Moses. Right, exactly. The same, same words. And at that, many of them fell down. Others picked up stones to stone him. He was saying, I am God. Yeah. They knew what he was saying. Our English versions they knew don't, exactly don't what he was do a great yeah. justice to, to the translation there. But And they thought they were justified by picking up those stones. Right. And they're saying, wait, no, no, no. You're saying you're, you're God. You're saying you're equal with God. And in our... In our uh, culture, that is punishable by death. Yeah. How can you know Abraham? You're not, you're not even 50 years you're old. You're not God. You're not equal with God. You're the son of the carpenter, right? Yeah. You're the one from Nazareth. You're not you're Your not mama God. was pregnant when you even married. <laughs> That's what they're saying. Right. But throughout the Gospels, the, the religious leaders pick up stones to stone him and are outraged because they're saying... You are blaspheming. Yeah. You're saying you're equal as God. When they're the very ones that were guilty of blaspheming. Mm-hmm. Hardened, unrepentant, proud, um, self, self-hardening. self We're not under bondage Stubborn. to anybody. Stiffness. We're Abraham's seed. Mm-hmm. We don't have no sin. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. What do you mean free? We're not in bondage. Jesus is saying your bondage is sin. Mm-hmm. These guys don't think they have any sin. And yet here they are accusing Jesus of being the devil. And here he is about to die for their sins and they're going to totally reject him. Mm-hmm. When they're supposed to be pointing the way to God. Yeah. They're supposed to be the examples. And they're, they're, they're the ones that's blaspheming. They're, and they're guilty of blaspheming the Holy Spirit. And we learned in the last podcast, the beginning of Mark 3, that this angered Jesus and it caused him to grieve because of the hardness of their hearts. And we still see that in people today. Mm-hmm. People's hearts are still hard. Lord, forgive us. Yeah. So the only way that one cannot have their sins forgiven is completely is to completely reject Jesus and the sacrifice that he made on the cross, right? 
they, they, he is our Passover lamb, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 5, 7. Our sins are for, forgiven through his blood. And all sin, Jesus said, will be forgiven. All blasphemy will be forgiven if, and only if, we accept the sacrifice that he made mm -hmm. on our behalf and we're washed in his blood. But blaspheming the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. And I think we're all in agreement that blaspheming the Holy Spirit today is just completely rejecting Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. And dying in our sin, right? So a good question to ask people is, what choice have they made? What choice have you made, the people who are listening to the podcast, who are watching on YouTube? Um, and the thing about it is to not decide... If you're going to accept Christ or not accept Christ, is a decision in itself. Mm -hmm. To walk away and not say yes, you're saying no. <laughs> you're mm -hmm. just delaying it. And the problem is, if you die in that delay, mm -hmm. it's, it's dangerous. Not a good situation. Mm -hmm. And so Mark finishes the chapter. We'll move on and finish this up. Uh, he finishes the chapter with Jesus' mom and his brothers wanting him to, uh, to leave the house and come outside and talk to him. Remember, he's in a house. There's a crowd of people that's gathered around him. They can't get to him. They want to have a conversation with him. But we just learned in the last podcast that they think he's crazy. They think he's insane. Not his mom, but his half-brothers and his half-sisters. They think he's crazy. They don't support him. Mm -hmm. They don't believe in, in him. And, you, know, you, think you're, you think you're the son of God, really? You think you're the Messiah? Come on, man. We've, we've known you for 30 years. But they want to have a conversation with him. Um, if you will, read verse 31 through 35. Then Jesus' mother and brothers arrived. Standing outside, they sent someone in to call him. A crowd was sitting around him, and they told him, Your mother and brothers are outside looking for you. Who are my mother and my brothers? he asked. Isn't that weird? Why would he say that? He knows his mom. He's known his mom for 30 years. Then he looked at those seated in a circle around him and said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. Yeah. So he's not literally insane. He knows who his mom is. He knows who his brothers and his sister are. Right. Right. This was not momentary amnesia. No. Wait, who are my mother? <laughs> no. What's my name? He's making a point to this crowd. He says, "You, you are my, you are my family. If you do the will of the Father, anyone who does God's will is my brother and sister and mother." Mm -hmm. well, put that in the context. What is the will of God? In this context, is believing in Him mm -hmm. and the sacrifice that He's going to soon be making but he's saying you want to be a part of the kingdom you got to come through me and this is eternal life that we would know him that we would know him and have a relationship with the eternal God yeah through Christ Jesus think about this he's standing right there with this crowd of people all around him and these religious leaders are there and they don't get it. Some people do, some people don't. You know, we're 2,000 years removed and we got a book. Mm -hmm. we, we have to read about it in a book and then have faith in it. 
have faith in him. Remember what he told Thomas? Blessed are those who believe, but have not seen. Have not seen. I mean, Jesus ain't showing up at your doorstep. I mean, it'd be awesome if he did. But he, he's not standing here before us, so it, it, it takes a whole lot. He's not tangible like he was here. Mm-hmm. People, people today, they won't, they won't believe unless there's something tangible. They, they want to be able to hold it in their hand, feel it, you know, touch it like they did. And that's what John says in John 1. He says, you know, we had conversations with Jesus. We sit down and eat fish with him. We, you know, we drink wine with him. We could reach out and touch him. He was, you know, he tabernacled us. He, he dwelt among us. And uh, that's not happening today. We got a book. And it's just hard for people. Some people it is. Not everybody. But even through the book, when we share Jesus and when we read about Jesus, it goes back to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit convicts. Mm-hmm. Like our part is to plant and water. We just our part is to share Jesus, to mm-hmm. tell people about Jesus, and then the Holy Spirit takes over from there. The Holy Spirit convicts, and then people have a choice. I'm either going to accept it or reject it. Right. Unfortunately, there's a lot of people that accepted Jesus' message and they, they couldn't get enough of him. But then you got the religious leaders who should have been accepting him, who rejected him. And Jesus says, you're guilty of blasphemy in the Holy Spirit. And their souls were literally in danger. And there were some that did, like Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea. And I'm sure there were some who others that we don't know about who did come to faith. Yeah. Um. So let's end the podcast with, with these questions. Number one, are you in the family of God? Mm. We used to sing a, a, a hymn. I'm so glad to be a part of the family of God. You yeah. <laughs> Obviously, you didn't sing that hymn. No, 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 I know that one. <laughs> Shall we get yeah. Two, are you doing the will of God? And in the context of this passage, the will of God, he says, anyone who does the will of, is the will of God is my brother, is my sister, and my mother. If you want to be God's, if you want to be the brother or the sister of Jesus, you got to do the will of God. Believe on him. Believe on him. Sent. Yeah. Believe on him. Yeah. Yeah. I am a child of God. Okay. I know that one. I did that one. So... The last question I'll ask is, are you in the will of God? Are you in the will of God? And being the will of God is to be in the part of the kingdom. And the only way to be a part of the kingdom is to be washed in the blood of Christ. And the only way to be washed in the blood of Christ is that you are in the will of God. You have, been, you have accepted that invitation. And we throw out that invitation. If we could help you in any way to get to know Jesus, to know how to be saved... Um, you can email us at thegroundedpodcast at gmail.com or you can text us at the phone number that is, I'm sorry, I can't remember the phone number, but you listen to the end of the podcast and the outro and the number is given in the outro and you can text us at that number and we will get back with you as soon as possible. Why don't you pray and we'll end. All right. Father, we just ask for your forgiveness for all the places that we have hardened our hearts towards you the places where we have been um, unrepentant 
where we've been rebellious and stiff-necked. Father, forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thank you that by your Spirit, you draw us into a place of deeper fellowship and knowledge with you. So Lord, thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you that you are are drawing us and um, guiding us by your word, by your spirit. We want to be those who say, yes, Lord, I believe. And even in the really difficult moments, help me in my unbelief. We believe that you are who you say you are. Your Lord, your Master, your Messiah. You're the soon coming King, the Savior of the world, and the Deliverer. You are Yahweh. I am that I am. We acknowledge that today. And we praise you for the power of your name. And we declare it all in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah. Amen. Keep grinding. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Grinded Podcast. If we could pray for you or encourage you in any way, please email us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com or you can text us at 865 418 2824. If you're watching on YouTube, please click like and subscribe and you'll be notified about new episodes. If you're listening on an app, leave us a five star review, but most importantly, share the Grinded Podcast with a friend. God bless you and remember, keep grinding.